Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Talking to you just a few days out, Rob, we're flying to Vegas on Thursday. Thursday. Yes. 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 Ten and a half hours in the air. Is it ten and a half hours? Yeah, I think it's ten hours there due to the the jet stream, and then it's ten and a half hours back. But uh, anyways, we'll have lots of time on the plane to plan the shows. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of uh, the United representatives. Obviously, United are in the US currently. Seeing a lot of a lot of faces I know out there. You know, the team are traveling. There's friendlies with Wrexham and Real Madrid to come over the next few days. Uh, the youth team to play Wrexham and the senior team to play Real Madrid with Jude Bellingham in tow. And uh, in a new away kit, Rob, a new away kit. What do you think of it? I like it. I, I like the first deals that I saw, but I think I said to you, it kind of reminds you of like some of the South American club kits that you get kind of stripes and funky designs and a little bit different. But I think it works. I think it'll be quite a nice kit. And I think I saw you say on Twitter, a kind of instant retro classic. Mm. I get that. I get that. Kind of reminds me of the days back with the old green and gold kit from many, many, many years ago, which not many people remember now going back in time, I guess. But but that kit obviously prevailed forever and ever for different reasons. But I can see this one being a, a good one, especially... If Man United win some trophies in it. Yes, I th- I have this theory that there's been a lot of kits that United and other clubs have worn in the past that I've really liked that have been ruined by bad seasons. I actually think that that is a thing. Definitely, like, like you know the the Ronaldo kit from not so long ago. Yeah, the red kit with the with the with the kind of, it, quite classical. But are they going to Solskjaer's last? Hurrah at United, that period of not great football and then some tears and all of that. It does matter. And then you kind of go, oh, I don't like that kit. But I used to be like that with the um, with the Nike kits. I didn't like the Nike kits at all. I was an Adidas man and still am an Adidas mm-hmm. man. Now I look back and the Gingham kit that I used to really dislike, now I just think of Robin Van Persie. And I'm like, I quite like that kit. Uh, I'd probably wear that now, I think, all these years later. Whereas at the time, there was a big debate about how vile and disgusting it was. (laughs) Let us know if you like the new Away kit. It's a thumbs up from me. Obviously, the prices are, you know, thumbs down. Prices Uh, are mad. In in terms of... Absolutely mad. Yeah, they're a bit mad, aren't they? Uh, New kits every year, three new kits every year, and you have to pay, what, 120 quid for a... It's it's a lot. It, it is a lot. But yes, yeah, so let us know in the comments on YouTube whether you do like the new kit or not. Will you be getting it? Will you be waiting for the Glazers to leave before you get a kit? Which has kind of been my stance for the last 10 years, 15 years or whatever. I, I can't remember the last time I bought a Yai kit. Anyway, uh, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. As I just mentioned, head over to the channel, like, subscribe and leave a comment for us as well. 
and follow us on Twitter or X, as it's now known, apparently. Uh, double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob, underscore B, at Promise and MU for the show. And uh, Rob's got a new YouTube channel, which he's, well, not a new YouTube channel, but a rebrand. You're doing, you're doing an X, you're doing a Twitter slash X rebrand on your own YouTube channel. The United Masterclass is no more. As I said before, it was once upon a time the football masterclass when we just used to do tactical things all the time. But yes, it's now just the Rob Blanchett YouTube channel, which I was a bit kind of hesitant with, Scott, like kind of used to all our products having names. But then when you just put your name on it, but it is basically going to be me and other people. So, yes, please follow that same uh, here as my Twitter uh, handle, or oh, not Twitter, X handle. That's weird, isn't it, already? X handle, uh, underscore Rob, underscore B. Uh, if you can find it on YouTube here, please, please subscribe, because that helps me grow the channel. And there's going to be loads of cool stuff on it this year. We're going to really use it, hopefully, every day. And you'll get live content. You'll get me jibber-jabbering on about more Manchester United stuff, breaking news, but also going a little bit more in depth with player profiles and all the other stuff that you love from that original channel. At double underscore Scott Saunders for me as well. For, through the new season, I'll probably be posting more video, probably uh, apologies in advance, uh, but that is the thing that is on the internet nowadays, isn't it? And come and join us in Vegas. It's still not too late, but it is this week. We arrive July 28th for United Con. Visit united-con.com. And I'm going to give a shout out here to, apologies if I've butchered your name and pronunciation of it, Anirud, who has been messaging me on Twitter over the last few days and has just messaged me over the last, I haven't replied to you yet, sorry, mate, but you um, you sent me some questions about how you actually get to this event. And you've sent me a message on Friday night, I believe it is now, saying, I'm booked in. So... Yes, uh, can we meet before the game? Mate, come and say hello. And anybody else who's coming along, feel free to come and say hello to us as well. We'll be at UnitedCon, so uh, should be a good time. I'm seeing a lot of uh, United fan events across the US at the moment. Tailgate party outside of the, the mm. game against Arsenal, which we haven't talked about yet, Rob. Oh, we should talk about that, shouldn't we? Let's do it now. What do you think? Well, it means we're obviously going to win the Premier League. So there you go. Um, interesting game of football, wasn't it? Because even at, look, these preseason games, you can throw them away. Stuff happens. Like, for instance, Louis van Gaal came to the football club. We won all of our preseason games. We won that ICC trophy, didn't we, against Liverpool in the final? And then Louis van Gaal found it very difficult to win a Premier League game <laughs> like, to start off with. It was a horrendous start to the season. But let's be aspirational. That was Arsenal's first team, almost, wasn't it? You know, new signings, same tactics, them taking the next step. They just beat the MLS All-Stars, didn't they? Five Yeah, yeah. And Huge. all of that. I don't know if they won the skills challenge. Like, there's all those pictures of Kai Havertz missing the skills, which are going around the internet. But, Scott, I thought Manchester United, tactically and technically, took care of Arsenal pretty comfortably. And we beat them twice because we beat them in the match. And then we beat them in the penalty shootout as well. So I'm sure if they'd won the penalty shootout, we'd have had Arsenal fans telling us that it was a draw on the day. Yeah. But, you know, that's 2-0 and six points rather than three. And I, I just thought it was actually a really good game of football. I think United played well. And, and it's good to pitch yourself against one of your direct rivals because 
let's be honest, Arsenal had a fantastic season last year. And even though they've invested, it doesn't mean they're going to come first or second again. Really doesn't. In the same way, it doesn't try, mean... Any... Try saying that on social media, Rob. <laughs> Look, <laughs> uh, do you know what? We should have Harry on uh, with us because he's an Arsenal fan. And he's our producer here. And uh, we should talk a little bit about this like openly with an Arsenal fan. Because Arsenal fans really do believe that the sun shines out of you-know-where at the moment with their club. And well done. They had a great season last year. It's very, very easy to buy new players and regress because you've got to integrate. Declan Rice got cooked by Kobe Manu on the day, only for 45 minutes. Like, it's nothing. But it's it's promising to us, isn't it? That there we go, we've got a young kid and we should talk a little bit about more about Kobe. But it was a good performance. 45 minutes, Jaden Sancho did well, is doing well. Another box tick, Scott. And a good game. Good for um, Man United Reds out there in the States who went to that game to, to see their team defeat the all-conquering, amazing, best team in North London. Wow. Fair enough. Fair play. Um, what else? I was just going to mention something else. But today, we, we while I re- try and remember what I was going to say, we'll talk Sofiane Amrabat potentially coming in to Man United and Rasmus Hoyland's latest... We'll also talk Kylian Mbappe as well, because just because he's in the news. And do United have a chance at signing Kylian Mbappe? <laughs> Rob, Rob is making an indication that there's a small chance. Tiny, I tiny say chance. there is a zero chance. But Oh, no, I, th- I think there's a tiny chance, no, not no zero chance. chance. No chance. Absolutely no chance. What I was going to say was, uh, you mentioned Jaden Sancho there. Eric Ten Hag did a press conference uh, overnight in the UK and was asked about Jaden Sancho and essentially said that what he expects of his wide wide forwards is to run in behind. And he said he, I think this might have been a bit of a slip of the tongue, but I think he said better in the middle. Jaden Sancho, Sancho is better in the middle. So interesting. Obviously, there's no real place in the team first 11 at the moment for Jaden Sancho. So he's having to deal with this false nine role, which he's doing quite well. But obviously, if United sign Rasmus Hoyland, is there a place in the team for him? He'll have to make do with somewhere else by the looks of it. But yes, uh, we'll talk Amrabat, Hoyland and Bappe today and leave a comment for us on Twitter or the X or in our YouTube comments or whatever as well. YouTube isn't called. rebranding. It's not rebranding yet. But um, anyway, let's get started. What's the latest on Sofiane Amrabat, Rob? What's the latest? So we said last week that this deal could escalate quite quickly. We also said that about Hoyland, didn't we, a week or two, two ago? And it has escalated pretty quickly. So where do we stand with Amrabat? So we've talked about this off camera before and kind of through the week. Uh, the main competitor for Amrabat, as far as the Premier League goes, what we've said about Amrabat's desire to play for Barcelona one day, was Liverpool. Liverpool have put all their eggs now in the Romeo Lavia basket. They want Lavia for around £50 million mark. They're negotiating that. They see him as the answer to their problems in midfield. They're not going to try and add an extra one at the moment, with, as, as it stands with Amrabat. And what we're kind of learning from the from the Moroccan side of it is, and also directly now from the Fiorentina side, is that player is very keen to go to Manchester United. That deal is pretty much done between the three parties. Again, like Hoyland, if all parties are in agreement that the transfer should happen, then they can work together to do that. Same as we did saw with Anana. Might take a week or two, but that's where you are. And I think with Amrabat, and I think with what United are trying to do, there's no doubt that this is, I think, the, the, the end, the death bell, you could say, 
for McFred. This is the end of these two players' time at Manchester United. United are shopping them, shopping them consistently, trying to find the right price for them. And that's really all it comes down to. Um, it, it's it's kind of, I think, Ten Hag's two-for-one solution. Two wages off the book, but bringing in one player that can kind of do both those roles and more and better and gives you Casemiro coverage and gives you that kind of smartness that Amrabat brings. And and I think again, Scott, this is it. This is I think this one gets done. We seem to be at that point already. It's it's escalating quickly, and it's just a case now. Man United need to you know cross the T's, dot the I's, get the contract sorted. Player seems very 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 keen to come to Manchester, and it looks like it's a goer. I'd hesitate a little bit to say it's that far advanced, but I mean, I think this deal will happen at some point. I don't know how quickly it will. I mean, we're looking at how far away from are we from the first game of the season? Like three weeks, I want to say something yeah. like that. Yeah. Hopefully, United can get this done. But three weeks not long, is it? Like, there's that, that. That I think that's the thing. Like, people think this window lasts forever. United are actively pushing those things. They're trying to get them done. So, I think we always criticise them, don't we, for leaving it way too late. I don't think Amrabat or Hoyland will be deadline signings, even though that's what it felt like a few weeks ago. It felt like United were behind the curve a little bit. So um, I, I think the whole side of it is the Moroccan side of it and the Florentina side have kind of come together. They're the ones that are kind of pushing that now and saying, player's off, player wants to leave, player is done. Yeah, we don't know more than that. A lot of that is kind of conjecture. But I think, Scott, it might be quite quick. We'll see what what is the definition of quite quick, but as three long weeks, as they, yeah, three three. <laughs> That's pretty quick. Isn't it? When we say quite I quick, I, I kind of thought you were thinking forty eight hours to you know seventy two hours or something like that. I no, look, forty eight hours with Simon Mbappe, but like uh, yes. you know, it, these other like the football deals take ages to construct. I know fans think because they hear it on Sky Sports News like that, or they hear a here we go that's all just done like that in a tweet. It takes ages to do this legal stuff it really does and even the clubs that do it quicker than man united you still got due diligence to do so um i i think with before the first game of the season united are looking to have all their business generally generally done and they're players that they can achievably do it with scott then they're, they're not kind of it's not harry kane is it yeah i mean my concern about amrabat was that potentially liverpool were going to move in for him mm. obviously i think if you were to I think this is pretty much generally accepted. He would like to go to Spain uh, and that would be his first choice. But obviously we know Barcelona are just in utter financial ruin or chaos at the moment. Atletico Madrid, viable alternative, could offer him a starting place more regularly probably than United could because they've got Casemiro. <clears throat> and then Liverpool are in the mix as well or have been. It seems like Liverpool might have pivoted a little bit to another one, another of their targets. So, you know, I think... Amrabat makes a hell of a lot of sense. If you can have somebody that as reliable as that, who's been to a World Cup with, with Morocco, making them or sending them through to the semi-finals as part of a well-oiled, well-disciplined machine, you know, I think if you can bring that into your squad and use as a rotation option for Casemiro, that's a hell of an option. And it's always about all your pieces together, isn't it? And like you, you know, just talking about uh, what United have got, obviously Onana and Mount, and then we can, I think we can add Hoyland to that in the not so distant future. Three players, Scott, that really want to play for you. 
And this is what we're hearing about Amrabat, is that Amrabat's choice in terms of the Premier League, especially with what's on the table, is Manchester United. It's not Liverpool. So I think when you've got players in agreement that your project is going a certain way and they like the manager and they like the style, someone like Amrabat coming in for McFred is kind of perfect business because he'll actually be cheaper than those two players' outgoings combined. And his wages of around £4 million a year are, are just, it fits the wage structure. It's not a problem, really. So you, you sell Scotty for an elevated price. You get rid of Fred because I think the manager's cooked with him, doesn't really see a use for him anymore. And someone like Amrabat is not just a person that will play instead of Casemiro, but I think there'll be loads of games where he plays with Casemiro. And if you do the 4-2-3-1 that United like mm-hmm. and have been doing in pre-season, it then means Mason Mount can go up the field and play higher up where he played for Chelsea at times. So I think there's a, it's a good balancing signing if you get hold of him. And, and it all makes more sense, doesn't it? It's not one of those signings that maybe Ole used to do or Jose and you'd go, OK, you bought a player, but why? Like I can remember when Van Gaal did that and he bought like eight, nine players and you were like, but where do they fit into what you're doing? And half the time, they didn't fit. So I, I think that Ten Hag's really keen on that. And once again, we said it last week, a player that he knows really well, a former player of his. Yeah, I think this is... I, I tweeted this last night, something along these lines of if United can get Amrabat and Hoyland in at any point in the summer, really. I, ideally before, at least a week before the first game of the season. Hmm. Then... That's a really, really solid window. I mean, and just going off what you said there, Rob, United have for years signed big name commercial players who are good players, but not necessarily the right fit for the team. I think with every sign in, uh, I'd include Hoyland and Amrabat in this, if you take the four as a unit, each of them make a hell of a lot of sense for what Ten Hag is trying to do. And I, that's such a departure. Maybe not from last season, but it's, it's such a departure from all of the years previous to that, even going back to when, you know, Moyes took over from Ferguson. Like, that is a completely different outset, a different mindset in the window. And I think quietly effective, at least you hope. Completely. Look, I can remember you just said David Moyes and it was something ringing in my head when you were comparing like the regimes. And I can remember the tour, David Moyes' first tour, first being in charge of Manchester United. And Ed Woodward made a big show of flying away from the tour because he was going to go and sign Cesc Fabregas. That was done. Done deal. Everyone in Spain was saying it's done and the player wants to go and the club are willing to sell and all this. And he flew all the way back and didn't sign him because he haggled over some silly stuff. So you didn't get the player. I think United have just set the stall out a little bit more conclusively now, Scott. Right? When they're actually looking at players, they're saying, well, this is what you learn. Are you all right with that? Yes. Right. Club, are you willing to sell? If they say no, then we go away. If you say yes, we'll chat. We'll find a price. And they're doing it in a kind of more logical business sense that you're getting players and you're not wasting your time just chasing the golden ticket. So like Harry Kane, I just mentioned there, we've talked about Harry Kane so many times. Harry Kane looks like he probably will leave Spurs. Spurs have sanctioned that transfer and it looks like it might be Bayern Munich as it stands. But should Man United waste their time trying to get in the middle of all of that? Well, yes, if you think Harry Kane would like to come to you, but if you're not sure about that and that's something that's not really on the table today as it stands, then don't bother. 
You know, like if it's on the table, then yeah, go do it. But you know, you still need a striker. You still actually need a midfielder. You bought Mason Mount, but you still do need a midfielder. What I like, Scott, is that also with Ten Hag, is that he's looking at developing the pieces that haven't worked in the squad. So Wambasaka, he's looked at Wambasaka, and people have gone, well, that was a dead duck. Get rid of him, 50 million quid, sell him to Palace for 20 million. He's gone, no, I'll develop him. I'll spend some time with the guy and teach him what to do. That's kind of what you need. But then you look at McFred and you probably go, can't teach these things to him. So thanks for your service and pat on the back. David, great goalkeeper, big hugs. You can't play out from the back. Off you go. Oh, look, and here's Andre Nana. So I think that's the right way of doing football business. It's not personal. It's just about being in control of the game and having players that do things for you. I was so glad to hear Acton Hag say the other day, he was asked about why United parted with David Hay. He said something along the lines of, it was the right time to do it. And it. I was like, yes, you said it. I've been saying it for months. And I'm not the only one yeah. to have been saying it for months. But when you're you're out of contract on 375 a week and you don't fit the style, it's it's a natural end point for, for David De Gea at United. And it's nothing, like you say, nothing personal, just business. It's a natural end point. And, and, and I think this is, you have to apply that science to literally the whole squad. Like when we did our show a few weeks ago about outgoings and it was like, Alex Tellers, no thanks, just go. Just get him out the door. You know, Eric Bailly, no, off, off, off. You know, you're just players, these names that don't help you. And eventually that could well be Donny van der Beek. So like there are plenty of players that I think fit in that ilk, which are might be decent players at other football clubs and might do well. What did we see yesterday? Young lad Alanger there, he's going to Nottingham Forest. He's going to do well at Forest. He will. He's quick. He plays off the, off the cuff with them. He'll come from wider areas. I think he'll score goals at Forest. I really do. And then we'll all be going, he is probably a £15 million player, but at Man United, he's nothing. So like you have to move the nothing players on. Uh, Scott, we should chat a little bit about Jaden, actually, because I think it's really interesting what you said earlier on and, and the comment of it. And I see that. I think from wider areas, Jaden doesn't do the kind of digestive work rate that you need from someone that curves in from that side. He wants to stay wide and dribble and, and attack that way. He's not Marcus, is he? He's not Anthony. But I think through the middle, he might be able to do that where he picks the pocket as a false nine. And it just depends whether this manager wants to stick with false nine. And let's say Hoyland and Sancho as your rotation. Not mentioning Martial, you, never, you see there. He's back in training, Rob. He's back in he's training. Fixed. Look, he's, look his, his hamstring could go literally while I'm talking. Like it could be popping now as we're speaking. Um, and, and I think that Man United would like to move away from Martial. It's just obviously it's not a lot happening as it stands. Then again, maybe the Saudi door will open up for him and he might be able to leave the football club. But then if you're going with like a Hoyland and Sancho through the middle, I think you need a role for Sancho. And if Sancho's going to be third choice on the left or the right, and that's not really a role, is it? That's just like, that's what you would expect from an Alanga. So this might be a way to get Jaden Sancho fit, firing, playing more games and being more productive. He's got the qualities of a false nine. You saw the goal he scored against Arsenal. It was nice, wasn't it? Ran off the player, took two really good touches, finished it beautifully. He's got a finish in him, Scott, which means that playing through the centre is not, you know, a complete no-no. So, Rob, latest on Rasmus Hoyland. Manchester United still in pursuit of him. But as we mentioned, we think this one might get done pretty soon. Eric Ten Hag has actually spoken in his press conference that we just mentioned. 
uh, and confirmed that we're progressing in talks to sign a striker, which is some good news. But as as you'd expect, he said, once we have some news, we will let you know, <laughs> which is his like default line saying, this deal isn't done yet, but you know that we're working on it. He also said the other day, you know our targets. So I think <laughs> uh, Rasmus Holland is a United target. Good news as well. Atalanta are closing in on a replacement for this player. El Bilal Torre from Almeria, I believe. And that is them putting the money that they're going to receive for Rasmus Hoyland back down to secure his replacement. He's a good player linked with Everton as well. But Rasmus Hoyland, Rob, we... And, you know, I, I thought the United needed two strikers. And obviously, I I'd still would take Harry Kane. No, no doubt about it. But whether United can do that, this year, you know, not probable from what the club is saying. But just looking at the four isolated players with Hoyland at the top, and if you can ro uh, rotate him with somebody like Jaden Sancho, with Anthony Martial, with Marcus Rashford through the middle, it's a good option. So uh, are you excited about this one happening? Oh, am I excited? Am I going to sound really dull? No, kind of. I'm excited in the sense that it will be good to have a different kind of option up top that maybe is fit every week, that would be exciting, wouldn't it? Because I do think that Manchester United, everything they achieved last year, winning a trophy, you know, doing well in the Premier League and becoming a Champions League club once again, was achieved pretty much primarily, Scott, without a number nine all season long. And you somehow still did it. So I think someone like Hoyland definitely adds to your stock, a good young player, not the finished article, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think he will give you really good minutes in, in different systems. So United leaning still towards a kind of 4-2-3-1. I said last week as well, Scott, United liked the, obviously the 4-1-5 and they played that most of last year. Haven't actually seen that in pre-season yet. That's quite interesting to me. He's gone more 4-3-3, more conventional and playing a false nine. And do you know what? Hoyland can do all those things. So I think Jaden being with Rasmus, that could be our two our two forward line there, our two strikers. And as you said there, a little bit of auxiliary work there from Marcus Rashford coming inside. And maybe when Anthony Martial is available, if he's still at the football club, you've then got options through the middle as number, as number nines. Some tentative links with Anthony Martial and Saudi Arabia over the last few days. Um, Eric Bailly's been linked with a move there. Alex Tellers has already gone there. We'll see. But I, to me, I, I don't see... United are already pretty short on strikers as it is. So I think letting Anthony Martial go would mean they probably need another one. So I, I'd be surprised at the moment. But uh, maybe, Rob, maybe they could sign Kylian Mbappe instead. What, what do you maybe. think? Maybe, maybe they can. Can they match the £259 million slash €300 million Euro bid from Al-Halal to take him from PSG? We have... Sorry, guys. Like, there's been suggestions that United are interested in him. Of course they're interested in him. Who wouldn't be interested in him? Doesn't mean a deal's going to happen. Or does it, Rob? No, of course it doesn't. But Man United have inquired. So Man United have knocked on Kylian Mbappe's door and said... This all looks like a bit of a mess in Paris, doesn't it? You know, want to have a chat? You know, would you fancy playing in the Premier League? Um, do you know what, Scott? This all hinges on things that, again, are, are up in the air. If Manchester United tomorrow, or very soon, had a Qatari owner, 
I would not be surprised to see Kylian Mbappe suddenly pop up at our football club. I just would not. It would be a superstar sign-in. And then the fee doesn't really matter. Like, FFP does not really matter with these things. You know, people go, oh, you can't spend this extra 10 quid here or that 20 quid there because of or financial fair play that doesn't really ever exist. I think Man United had owners and changed that tomorrow. And that would be a goer straight away. But, of course, today it's not a goer. And, and really, the only club putting up any kind of significant money, of, of course, is a Saudi club. One thing I will say is this. Do, do the Qataris want to sell to Saudi their biggest... Well, they accepted the bid. Well, that's it. Well, they accepted it because their nose is out of joint when it comes to the player and Real Madrid. So they feel the player has already promised himself, themselves to Real Madrid that he wants to go. And we all know that. That's, that's not new news, is it? So now they're like, right... You know, washing our hands of the player, and oh yeah, two hundred and fifty plus millions, pretty nice. We'll take that because that's a lot of money, and that's a that's an, an inflated bid for the player. But then again, if they got Mbappe for any amount of time, he would be now the figurehead of that league. Can you imagine Mbappe, Ronaldo, and Messi? And it changes the game for the Saudi league, like in terms of taking a player in his prime to to their league. So that's more likely. I think when it comes to Manchester United, if he did want to stay in European football, yeah, I think United are in the mix. I really do. I think United would love a player like Mbappe, again, a superstar kind of player. But do they really have the finances as it stands today for that kind of signing? The answer is probably no. That's also why they kind of would move on from Harry Kane for the same kind of reasons, that you have to pay that extra bit more top dollar or do you take someone that you develop? I don't have a hat near me, but I would eat my hat if Man United signed Kylian Mbappe this summer. Don't eat my hat. I, Rob's wearing a hat. What, what's, <laughs> what hat are you wearing today? How many hats do you have, Rob? Uh, about 150 hats. Wow, really? Like, I have a lot of hats, but I'm a hat person, so what can I do? How many hats do you wear or do you own if you're listening at home or wherever you are? Uh, let us know in the YouTube comments uh, or on Twitter or X as it's called double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at promise and MU for the show as well. We've done the Mbappe thing. Just a note on that. He's going to join Real Madrid for me. He wants to join Real Madrid. Real Madrid want him. They are concocting some kind of master plan to get Kylian Mbappe to Madrid for the lowest cost possible. I think he's out of contract in a year. I see some potential in the Saudi offer. If it's a year, it would be ridiculous for football, but, you know. It would be ridiculous for football, but I think the only way that happens and might happen is if there is a break clause in the contract. So if he signs, say, a four-year deal to go to Saudi, but there is a break clause after one year, which can happen. That happens in the NBA quite a lot. In other con other, other... It's been suggested from some players that, that, that this is a one-year deal for 700 million euros. And like I said... We talked about sports washing quite a lot and all this stuff, haven't we? Like, we've, we've done a lot of content on it. If you're going to bring Mbappe there for a year, then you'll pay the money for that because you're looking for the the pizzang, aren't you? Like, the big transfer. You're, that's all you're doing it for. It doesn't mean that Mbappe's going to stay there forever. And if you go to Real Madrid in a year, guess what? Everyone is happy, aren't they? So, I think that's more likely what will happen. I will not be surprised if he ends up in Saudi Arabia, but I think the political side of it is where maybe some of those things in, in the Gulf and, and that area and United Arab Emirates and around that region, they don't like doing business with each other for this kind of reason. Like they don't want one nation to have a one up on the other. And 
I think in this situation, PSG are just in a bad spot. They just realize that they need to get they have no power. No, they 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 look they they feel like that the player has done the dirty on them. They really thought that he would trigger extensions and would stay at the club, and he hasn't. And I don't know why they would think that. Everyone knows he wants to go to Real Madrid, and he's talked about that in the past. I tweeted tongue-in-cheek yesterday, I propose a swap deal. <laughs> Straight swap, Martial for Mbappe. Maybe that would do it. With McFred. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll see. Never going to happen, is it? But um, apolog- like, apologies, guys, for today's show. We are a little bit short. We're, we're a little bit short today. Uh, usually 40, 45 minutes, sometimes longer. Not quite that length today. I've had some connection issues, which hopefully we've managed to bury and you haven't noticed. And now I'm just telling you about it making it known that I have connection issues. Apologies about that. But yes, we'll be back. Um, I, I can't say we'll be back on Friday because I don't know exactly what we will be doing currently. We could send you four episodes. We could send you one usual. We could send you little 10-minute snippets. I'm not sure yet. Tell us in the comments what you want from us in Las Vegas. Tell us and we will film it for you and make it for you. So obviously, like we now know, we are at the Dortmund game for sure. Our, our accreditation has been approved and we'll be at that match. So we'll be doing stuff in and around the match, I think I would say. But like you're saying there, Scott, it won't be our normal show on Friday. Now. It'll be some kind of hybrid version, obviously, on the on the Manchester United tour. I think, just saying that, I might have touchline access for the duration of the game. Uh, follow me on Instagram for video. Do a TikTok. <laughs> underscore Scott Saunders. TikTok, maybe. Scott Saunders. Maybe TikTok. this is why you need to get off Twitter and look at these video first uh, platforms. But we will, <laughs> uh, video and image first platforms. But hopefully, I think that will. That game is on Sunday night. I want to say. Is it? I can't remember. UK. Anyway, it, it's. It, I think it's like two a.m. in the UK on mm. Sunday night, Monday morning. But anyway, yeah, we'll be there. Um, plenty of content coming your way from Las Vegas for United Con from July 28th. Visit united-con.com uh, to book your place now. Late on, we'll be there. We'll see plenty of you. If you are there and you do see us, feel free to come and say hello. And uh, we'll wrap it there. Subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube as well, as we've mentioned already. The Promise Land of Manchester Night podcast. Head over to the channel, subscribe, leave a comment for us, etc., etc., and follow us on those social platforms. Double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise Land MU for the show on Twitter slash X or whatever it is. And Rob's holding up an X sign. Just one final word: Did you see Julia Roberts and the giant Omos and MVP meet? Did you see Omos meet Marcus Rashford and absolutely like dwarf him? I, I saw Omas shake um, Eric Ten Hag's hand. And as he shook his hand, he kind of, his hand went up his forearm like that because he shake because it's so big. And Eric Ten Hag was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, great. You know, this I don't is good. Fight. <laughs> but I was interested to see MV, like MVP is a as well known Manchester United fan, has worn United shirts when he was a, a active wrestler. We are talking about WWE. If we you're are not aware, cross promotion here, you know, X, we, we, you know, we, we, we're covering all bases, and and I've seen him wrestle before and come out in a Manchester United shirt. So he was wearing a 1985 FA Cup final shirt, and I thought that's that's a fan knowledge. He knows what he's talking about. But yeah, uh, Julie Roberts, big Manchester United fan, always always ends up on the tour when when if we play in America. Julie Roberts is there. She loves Man United. And you saw her with a big cuddle there with Marcus 
and getting an, a shirt, I think, from Eric Ten Hag saying Julia on the back. Um, yeah, of course, when you're in America, we're, we're not quite in Hollywood, but Las Vegas itself is quite spangly, isn't it? I think we'll see some stars there as well. Yes, indeed, that is it for us today from the Promised Land podcast. We'll see you soon. Next, next time you do see us, we'll be from Vegas. But uh, like I say, we can't promise exactly what we're going to deliver, but we will deliver some stuff for you from Vegas. And uh, keep an eye out for that on our social channels, on Promised Land, YouTube, etc., etc. And we'll see you soon, everyone. If you are coming to Vegas, see you soon. We'll be a, it'll be a pleasure from us to meet you. And uh, right, that's it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, listener. See you soon.